Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Yields podcast. I am your host, Tom Migliaccio. At Blue Collar Yields, we will talk about real estate, entrepreneurialism, and many other topics. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts. And while there, don't forget to rate this show and subscribe. Today's guest is Dan Roton of HopeWorks in Camden. HopeWorks was founded in 1999 by three churches in North Camden with the goal of offering job training to high school dropouts. The firm provides real-world tech skills to trainees through its three-month paid tuition program. HopeWorks offers a variety of resources along the way, including an academic success coach and a life readiness coach. The nonprofit fosters entrepreneurship and its network offers students the opportunity to intern with local companies. HopeWorks continues to thrive in Camden and received the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit of the Year Award in 2015. Dan, thanks for joining us. You currently serve as the Executive Director of HopeWorks in Camden. Prior to joining HopeWorks, you served as a teacher and the Vice Principal of St. Gabriel's Hall. Could you please tell us more about your time at St. Gabriel's and how it prepared you to run HopeWorks? Sure. I think the key thing to talk about St. Gabriel's Hall, it was a detention center for young men, tough characters, young men who had made some bad choices. But I think the thing that I would really emphasize, one of the most fun jobs you could ever have. And kind of the key reason for that, right, is that, yes, young men I was working with were tough. Yes, the young people that we were working with at St. Gabe's had done bad things. But I'll tell you something else about St. Gabe's. And I say this in a funny way, but I really mean it. It was the most selective school in the city. So in order to get to St. Gabe's, you didn't get to St. Gabe's for just not attending school. You didn't get to St. Gabe's for sitting in a school that didn't work for you or sitting in your mom's basement. You did bad things. I don't want to take anything away from that. Those were bad things. But it also meant that the young people that I had in my classroom, they had fire, right? They had ambition. They wanted to do something with their lives. They wanted to transform their community. They had done it in the wrong way. And we can work with that. But they had that fire. They had that energy. Once you get got those young men seeing the path to success, you just had to get out of their way. It was crazy fun. How it prepared me to work at HopeWorks, right, is that is what we see every day at HopeWorks, right? It's not young people with all these deficits or young people with all these things that are keeping them from success. These are young people that have survived in incredibly difficult circumstances. These are young people that have made it this far, have walked through our door after facing many times obstacles that would knock me and many other people on our tail for years, right? Our young people are here. They're doing it. They're working to change their lives. If they have that dedication, that strength, that toughness, of course we can get them the last 10 yards. And that's really the lesson I learned at St. Gabe's. So you've been working with the youth since graduating college. I'm sure it was before that, but that's the first that I could find. How did you know you wanted to take this career path? And was there anyone in particular who inspired you to help get involved? I think what I have to share is there are folks in the industry of working with youth who feel that it's a calling, right? There are folks in this industry of working with young people who feel that it is their way of giving back. There are folks that, you know, from an early age were inspired to do this to change lives. I have to confess to you, I don't fall into any of those categories. I work with you because it is so much fun. 
It is fun. It is awesome. I can't believe I get paid to do it. I mean, put it like this. Most folks go to the theater to watch an inspirational movie, whether it's some life-changing event. I get to be an extra in one of those movies every day. And the reason I work with you is I'd love to give you some high fluting like thing about changing the world or <laughs> some metaphor about people planting trees that they don't sit under or whatever, you know, and I don't mean to be flipped, but there are folks like that and I salute them. I'm not that person. I do it because it's so much fun. It gives me energy every day, even the hard parts, right? What part of the movie are we in? What part of the inspirational movie are we in? And when you realize that hardest moment is not the end of the story, it's the beginning of the story. And you just got to help them get to the end where everybody's clapping. It's a pretty good job to have. So is that something that you remind yourself when you're struggling? You say, hey, there's going to be a crescendo or there's going to be something that you can't enjoy the good times without the bad times. In this work of changing people's lives, the only way you fail is if you stop. When I was six or whatever, right? I'm sure I spilled the Cheerios all over the floor and I was like, well, I'm a failure at Cheerio eating. I'm never going to make it in this world. But you know what? Turns out, here I am in a job. And by the way, I was right when I was six. I am a failure at Cheerios. I'm terrible at Cheerios. I still don't eat Cheerios. But that doesn't mean my life was a failure. I'm doing lots of other stuff that has nothing to do with Cheerios. The story's not over until you help the young person find what they're meant to do and then you just get out of their way. But the only way you fail is if you decide their failures before the movie's over, right? right? Like, let the movie finish. So, HopeWorks was founded in 1999. How did the nonprofit get its start, and how did HopeWorks evolve over the years? HopeWorks was a secular organization, but it was founded by three churches who came together. And in 1999, Camden was in the throes of some of the worst violence the nation had ever seen. And they came together and said, we need to do something for young people. What was it? Well, it was 1999. The internet was kind of this new thing. Computers were a thing. Let's do computers. That's really how it got started. Father Jeff Putoff, the founder who really got it going, um, really had the vision to like, look, let's turn this into something. The two kind of key points in our evolution as we went from training young people in computers and technology and engaging them after school to being the social enterprise we are now. I think the first is the realization that you can't train young people for jobs unless you're willing to talk about how they've been hurt, the trauma and adversity and stress they've experienced and help them heal from that. That's why our young people make great job candidates. That's why all these companies are hiring them. Sure, it's because they're technically trained. But more than that, it's because we help them heal from what's happened and help them get ready for their next step. And we learned that after looking at our results, never being satisfied with it, and thinking, how can we do more? And we're still doing that today, right? How can we do more to help young people get ready? And that was one thing that we found. I think the other thing we found that is really important to us is realizing that training is not enough. Our young people do not fit the category of great job candidate. They have spotty education record. They have spotty employment history. Training isn't enough to get a company to take a chance on our young people. They need to have real work experience. And the best person to give that work experience is us. So we moved from the technology training program to a social enterprise where we provide outsource technology services to companies all over the country. We do web development, we do GIS, geographic information systems and data management. We do a great job and we deliver for Fortune 1000 clients every day. But the more important part about it, it's not me delivering for those big clients, it's our young people. And once our young people have technical skills, the professional skills, and then the portfolio of client work that includes companies like Comcast, American Water, well then it's hard to not hire them. 
Dan, how good do the candidates feel about themselves when they get these jobs at these prestigious companies? How cool is that to see? At first, they're terrified, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's so scary. No one in their network has done this. No one in their family maybe has had this professional kind of job. But after a few months to see them come back and talk to other Hope or Shoots who are in the same position they were, and that's the magic moment. That's why we do this. I always found HopeWorks unique because in addition to teaching uh, hard programming skills, the firm treats that trauma that a lot of students have been exposed to. Can you tell me more about the resources that are available to students that allows HopeWorks to treat trauma? We have staff. We have life readiness coaches that meet with youth weekly to talk about their goals and their patterns and what they can do. But I think the more important part is we have tools at HopeWorks that everyone, me, staff, young people all use. And one of the key messages we say to our youth is, it's not you. Trauma, adversity, we all have had bad things happen to us. We all have to deal with it. Here are tools that are not just for you, young person, they're for everybody. Things like safety plans, right? Which is a plan for whether it's taking deep breaths, going for a walk, getting a drink of water. What are you going to do when you feel angry, upset, escalated, when you feel triggered? Things like self-care plans. How do you take care of yourself when you're not at work so when you're at work, you can be focused on what you need to do, whether that's getting enough rest, eating healthy, exercising, taking your medication. Things like huddle, where we start every meeting asking how people are feeling, what their goal is, reminding folks that if everyone has feelings at work, you're bringing feelings into the room, you got to manage those feelings because you still got a business goal to accomplish. Tools like that that are not just for young people from Camden or just from young people that experience trauma, but that are for humans. Those are the tools that really help our young people excel. So what does the onboarding process for the new trainee look like? And at what point in their life do trainees typically come to HopeWorks? I'll answer the second part of your question first. So young people come to us when they're stuck, but they want to do something different. For some young people, that's because they're homeless and they don't have a place to stay, but they want to do something different. For some young people, it's because they've just escaped trafficking or other hard situations. But for some young people, it's because they have failed out of school yet again and they don't want to do it again. For some young people, it's because they dropped out, but they want to do something with their life and they're ready to earn some money. For some young people, it's because suddenly they found out they're about to have a family and they need to start changing. For some young people, it's because they got arrested, right? The thing that's in common is that they're at a point where they've been doing something for a long time, but it's no longer working. They typically, that's when they walk through our front door and we're ready for them. For the orientation, I think the first thing is, is if you're ready to change your life today, today's the day to get started at HopeWorks. Young people come for a tour. If it seems like a good fit, they start the next day. We don't make young people wait six weeks. We don't make them fill out a lot of paperwork. That moment of being willing and ready to change your life That's a precious moment. We're not going to mess with that. Once a young person starts, they're immediately integrated into our work. They're immediately doing the technical training work. Then they're meeting with other youth who are teaching them how to do safety plans and emotional management. They're getting orientations from our training specialists who are young people who have finished the training and have been hired by HopeWorks. And so every step of the way, there's someone beside you helping you figure out the next step. How does the onboarding look different for trainees who arrive during their high school years? versus older kids who might be finding their way later in life? So not too much different. And the reason for that is the young people that we work with from high schools, typically those are young people who 
are coming to us because high school's maybe not working for them as well, that traditional high school structure. Mm-hmm. So they'll come to us during the day. They'll come to us as part of a co-op. And so one of the things is that we try not to replicate is a classroom or high school. If that worked, they wouldn't be here with us. So typically the young people from high schools that come to us are ready for something different. And so showing them how the professional world works. And you know what? Even if high school wasn't good for you, even if you didn't like high school, but there's a way forward for you here, that can be a powerful moment when a young person's like, wow, you mean I can be successful just because I was terrible at algebra and didn't know how to stay out of detention doesn't mean my life is on a downward slope, which is sometimes what youth are told. That can be a powerful moment. So outside of the technical skills that you mentioned earlier, what other skills do HopeWorks trainees walk away with? There's the technology skills, right? And then there's the professional skills. Every young person has to be able to work with clients, attend networking meetings, understand how to do follow-up emails, understand how to make business connections at networking events and other opportunities. Young people know how to reflectively listen and work with clients. When you're on a call with a client, maybe it's going well, but sometimes a client is not having a good day and you need to be able to hear how your work is helping them achieve their business goals. So they need to be do all those things. So it's not just being able to build the code, but be able to work with the humans that you're building the code for. I think the second part is those things we talked about, emotional management, self-care, things that are important, not just for our young people, but are important for all of us. It's important to live a happy, healthy life, but there's also an important business case for that. If I'm taking care of myself, if I am happy enough for us, if I'm living the life I want to live, I'm going to be a better and more productive employee as well. That's true. What is the end goal for the trainee? Is it a permanent job or to get back in school, maybe go to college, GED? At the end of the day, the high-level thing is our job is to help young people live the life that they want to live. Now, often what that means is they're going to walk out of HopeWorks either in a full-time living wage job. Average income when young people come to us is about $900 per year, and young people tend to be unemployed. Average wage when they leave here is now we're up to just around $36,000, so well above a living wage. And you can imagine that's a huge difference, right? And so either a full-time living wage job or if they want to continue with our education, have the tools to do that and making sure that they have a part-time living wage job that allows them to do that without going into debt. And that's kind of our promise that we make our young people. Let's say the average, they go from 900 to 36,000. That seems like a windfall for most of these young men and women. How's their money management skills when they come into this? That's something that's really important because I would say their money management skills are like the rest of us, right? Generally pretty poor. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And one of the things that we know about how people treat money is it's not logical, right? You can make a budget on a spreadsheet and all the numbers can work, but most of us don't spend money that way. So it's not just about making a budget, although we teach them that. It's not just about giving them financial coaching and understanding credit, although we do that. It's also going back to how do you manage your emotions? How do you manage your relationships in a way where you can achieve? Because money, at the end of the day, is a tool to achieve the life you want to live. Um, and so part of that is making sure that you have a healthy emotional attachments so you're spending money in a way that makes sense for you and makes sense for the folks you care about. So those are all intertwined. So Dan... I completed the program. Is that it? Is there a way for me to still use HopeWorks as a resource or am I gone for good? No, you never get rid of HopeWorks. So we have quarterly alumni events, monthly dinners. We make a promise to you that we're going to help you change your life. And that is not a promise with an expiration date. 
alumni come back. And there's still alumni. We have alumni that work at American Water down the street. They still walk over here and eat lunch here every day. Wow. Just three weeks ago, we had an alumni pitch competition for where alumni who want to start their own businesses came back and did pitches for funding to help start their own businesses. And that's something we're going to continue to do. Our job at the end of the day is not to have young people complete our program in X number of months or not to have a certain graduation rate. Our job at the end of the day is if you walk through the door, hope works, you want to change your life, we're going to help you do it. And, and you know, and kind of going back to that, and like, we are going to wait for the movie to get to the end, right? And if that happens in six months, we're going to be there for that. If it happens in a year, we're going to be for that. You come back in five years and you still need a little support, we're here for you. So you'd mentioned American Water and a couple other companies, Comcast. Where are the alumni trainees now? And is there one or any success stories that really just stick out above the rest? Folks that are hiring our young people, Cooper Hospital, NFI, American Water, lots of design and web development firms, Open Forge in Philly has hired a bunch of folks. So the companies all over the region are figuring out that our youth are a good bet. They tend to do great jobs. They tend to retain in those jobs really high rates. They deliver exceptional results. So there's so many employers. Not any one story stands out because they're also awesome and extraordinary. But if we're doing a job, they're also typical, right? The, the one I am thinking about, not because she stands out about the rest, but because she just made a big game. There's a young woman working for us now in our GS department, Zora. She came to us. She had a daughter at a young age. She worked. She worked in retail and merchandising and being unemployed, struggling with housing, struggling with having enough money, struggling with feeding her baby. For years, for years, she finally decided this isn't going to be the life I want to give my daughter to run against her daughter's name. She came to Hoboken. She said she wanted to change her life. She completed the training. She's working for us in GIS now. She's getting ready to make her jump to her permanent job. She's super employable. She's going to be on her way. She's going to be able to change her life, Serenity's life, her daughter's life. And the awesome part about that story, there's like six more like that right behind her. Right, and that's why it's so fun to work at Hellbart. So there's no talent shortage in Camden is what I'm hearing. Holy moly, no way. <laughs> so my company, we do a lot of mock interviews with the trainees, and a lot of the young men and women are extremely entrepreneurial. You'd mentioned that competition. Are the kids able to actually receive funds and start their own business with those funds? That's the idea. What we know is if young people just get jobs, that's great. And that's going to change their lives, but it may not transform the city. One way to transform the city, we know we have these big companies that got these tax breaks that want to source locally, but they need companies to source to. We at HopeWorks can take some of our technically trained alumni to understand this, understand work, and help them start those businesses that then you see the secret agenda can employ other HopeWorks young people. Come on, that's a win all around. So, Dan, you're known for having an extremely strong work ethic, and you've been known for responding to emails at all hours. How do you navigate the highs and the lows of the role to remain productive and avoid burning out? I know we mentioned the movie, but are there any other tactics that you use mentally? I think the other part is the promise we make our young people is that they're going to get to live the life that they're going to live. I think I really try to keep that promise to myself as well. One of the things, just and this is just practically, like if I go to a young person, I say, you should try to live and get a professional career like me, they need to see that I'm having a great time. 
And so I, that's what I really think about, right, is that, yes, I work hard, absolutely. And I'm always working on something because it's fun and important. But I also spend time with my family. I also make sure that I'm there for my daughter. And I'm also make sure that I'm there for the things that I need to do because, number one, it's the right thing to do. We work so we can live, not the vice versa. And also, if I'm going to sell a product to young people, I'm going to sell it to young people. Look, be a professional, become a technically trained professional, earn a lot of money. Then I got to demonstrate that I'm selling a good product. So. Until recently, relatively recently, Hopeworks was headquartered in North Camden, which is one of the city's tougher neighborhoods. What goals did you have for the new headquarters when you were going through the site selection process? I think it was three things. The first is more space. We have a lot of young people that want opportunity. We had businesses that wanted to hire young, young people. Let's get enough space so we can get out of the way. We are a huge bottleneck. I think that's number one. I think number two is getting a location where young people from all over Camden and maybe the region can come. One thing about where we were in North Camden, it was homey. It was important. Our residence is still there. Our community garden is still there. But also, it wasn't close to public transit, and it wasn't a residential neighborhood, which meant if you were coming from a different neighborhood, you might not feel welcomed. We never want someone to come to help us and not feel welcomed, even if they're walking down the street together. So that was part two, right? Because we wanted everyone to feel welcomed. And I think those are the two things. How is HopeWorks budget funded? I think the key thing is that we are privately funded, right? The key ways that we make our money is we earn money from our own businesses to pay our young people, right? Just like any other enterprise. Number two is we have plans for donors, private grants, help us do the hard work that customers won't pay for training young people, helping them heal. But then once they're working for us, customers are paying us to do this great work, and then we pay our young people. So it really is private philanthropy, grants, and donors, and it is our own business revenue that keep us going and allow us to kind of maybe be more innovative than a more traditional nonprofit might be. How do you best position the firm for funding from private donors? What's your pitch, essentially? It's not much of a pitch. I say, here's our results. To do more, we need your help to help more young people. If you help us do more, here's the results you can expect. I would say if you look at our success rates, if you look at the retention rates, if you look at that coming in at less than $900 and leaving at over 35 I would say that's a pretty good ROI. It's not a big pitch. It's here's what we're doing. Would you like to help? And if the answer is no, that's fine. Who else do you know that I think could help? And I find people are basically pretty awesome. If they see young people that want to change their lives, they're going to help them. What metrics does HopeWorks use to track the firm's success? So one is that first one. What are their wages when they come in? What are their wages when they leave? Because money's not everything, but it's important. The second thing is 12-month job retention, right? What we know based on studies is if you hold a job for 12 months, you're probably going to be able to hold a job for the future. So how many young people that start the job after leaving here are still employed at that living wage job 12 months later. And that's important, not just any job, not working for $8 an hour, a living wage job that can support your family. Then we track your enrolled in college. Are you passing those classes successfully, right? It's not enough to be enrolled in college. you got to complete those courses. And then are you also growing in your career? Are you also able to like build up savings and build the life that you want to lead? So those are kind of the big ones that we look at every day. HopeWorks provides students the opportunity to live on campus, which you just briefly mentioned. What responsibilities do the students have while staying at HopeWorks? So we have a a residence called The Crib, where young people can live for up to two years while they're working with us and kind of building their lives. 
The key thing that the crib builds is how to live independently and in community with others. For a lot of our young people that have lived in institutions or have lived in unstable environments, they have responsibility to learn those skills and to practice them as part of the community. So that means you're eating together and community meals with other folks in the household. That means that you're going grocery shopping and cooking and learning how to cook in some cases. That means that you are using some of our processes when you have an issue, resolving it not with arguments or yelling. When someone eats your burrito, right? Using some of our processes to manage your emotions and have that conversation that needs to be had, but do it in a way that's healing and productive. It means that you're paying rent, but rent at the crib doesn't come to help work. It goes into a savings account for those young people so they have a nest egg for when they leave. That is kind of the responsibilities that we ask for our young people. So HopeWorks has an entire GIS mapping department. Could you tell us more about how HopeWorks trainees were able to serve as contractors for American Water? Absolutely. So some of the work we do with American Water and other companies is for companies like American Water that have hydrants and pipes and valves and inlets all over a vast geographical area. It is really important to know where those assets are, know the condition they're in, know when they were tested last. Geographic information systems is a perfect tool for that. So what we do is we take existing data, often older, outdated data, we edit it, analyze it, and translate it into a custom information system that then American Water and other companies can use to see where their assets are, what their status is, and what names and other things that are required. It results in huge cost savings for our clients, and it's a perfect role for our young people, both at HopeWorks and then when they move on to these companies as uh, permanent employees. We briefly touched on this. The company that I work for, Haddam Property Group, we really enjoy doing mock interviews with you guys. And it's actually an easy way for us to get involved. Can you tell our listeners more about the mock interview process? Sure. One of the key things that's helpful for our young people is preparing them for that first interview, particularly when that first interview is going to be at a professional services firm, a web development company, uh, uh, Comcast American Water, that is not one where our youth have experienced an interview before. Our youth have not experienced video interviews. Our youth have not gone into that skyscraper or that corporate suite. So giving young people that experience to have as many mock interviews as possible is critical. What we always ask companies is don't do something special. Do the same interview process you would do for any of your hires because we also know that each company is different. Our young people need to be ready to respond to lots of different ways of interviewing. So for companies, we just ask them to set up the interview, treat the young person as though they were a candidate for a job at your position, and then give them honest, loving feedback about how they did so they can be ready for when it's the big game. You also have a mentorship program, and that's another volunteer opportunity that HopeWork offers. How have the kids been impacted by the mentorship program? What we know is for young people that are entering a professional world for the first time, the technical skills are important. The professional skills are important. There are so many other interactions from being talked over in a meeting to having somebody steal your lunch out of the fridge that young people who haven't been in a professional environment just don't know how to respond to. And so many personal experiences from being the first person in your family with that living wage paycheck and having folks ask you to support them and other things. And mentors are the critical link to help our young people bridge the life that they had and the life that they want. How do you connect those two in an authentic way, in an honest way, and also kind of not get tripped up on all the pitfalls that we all run into? And that's really the critical role for our mentors. 
So Dan, HopeWorks is still relatively young, near in their twentieth year. Where do you see HopeWorks in ten years? If we do everything that we are ready to do, then we're going to be a part of first in Camden, a renaissance of Camden, where you're going to see these big companies hiring more Camden young people. You're going to see more local companies founded by HopeWorks young people supplying these big companies. We can change Camden, and then regionally, nationally, we're doing our job. We can change the conversation about young people who've experienced trauma and adversity. These young people are not deficits or problems to be solved. They are the solutions to the problems that we're facing as a society. And as far as workers and retention and all the problems that we can't figure out because we're not asking the right people, our young people are the people that are going to solve those problems. And so locally, if we can help Camden continue to grow and transform regionally and nationally, if we can help more young people and help change the thinking about what it means to be a young person from a community like Camden and the assets that those young people bring, I'll be able to go to sleep at night feeling successful. Thanks, Dan. Seriously, thank you for your time. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you or learn more about HopeWorks, how can they do that? Of course, come to visit. Get a young person to give you a tour. If you want to email, feel free to email me, Dan, D-A-N, at HopeWorks.org. And now, fair one, if you email me, first thing I'm going to do is come visit, come meet our young people. And uh, love to see you at HopeWorks. Thanks, Dan. Have a great one. Hey, thanks so much, Tom. I appreciate the time. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If there are more topics you would like to hear about, you can email us at info at bluecollaryields.com. For more episodes, you can search Blue Collar Yields on Apple Podcasts.